Hey soulmates, it is Beck here, the founder of Soul. We are gonna go live today for another episode of the Sustainable Speaker Series. We haven't done one in a couple of weeks, so I'm super pumped to be back in front of the camera with everyone talking about single-use sustainable solutions in the skincare industry. So today I'm gonna be joined by the co-founder of Sabia Co, Katie, which I'm super pumped to talk to. Um, I've been wanting to meet her for a little while, so I'm really excited. Um, the story is incredible of this brand. I've, I've really had a ball learning the sort of back thought and backstory to how Sabia Co started and why. So I'm really, really excited for Katie to share her story with you. Um, if you don't know what Sabio Co is, then you're living under a rock. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's, it's an incredible brand that, you know, their entire mission is to stop that single use um, mentality when it comes to our skincare routine and makeup routines. So they've created and curated this gorgeous line of skincare tools and skincare now that to avoid the requirement of single use. So think, you know, face wipes, makeup removers, cotton pads, sponges, all those gorgeous things that, you know, you wouldn't normally think about on your daily basis when purchasing, but there actually are solutions to the single use products that are out there. And Sabio Co has created some gorgeous ones. So I'm gonna get Katie, I know you're already waiting for me, join and we can go into a little bit more detail of this gorgeous brand. So should should pop on any second. Hey, hello, how are you? So good to meet you. I know. Finally, we made it. I, well, it's not in person, but it'll have to do. It'll do for now. It'll do yeah. for now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, I have just loved learning the background of the brand because obviously I've known about it. I'm a fan. I love the mission, but it's always so beautiful to hear the actual story and, you know, like the purpose. So if you don't mind, I would love to jump straight in and um, get you to share a little bit of, you know, tell us about the brand itself and then how you actually were inspired to, to do what you do. Yeah, so Sabiaco, I guess we always start with the name because so many people are like, what does that mean? Um, yeah. I'm half Italian, so Sabia translates to sand in Italian. So our full mission was to create products that can go in line with the environment, like essentially going back into the earth like a grain of sand. Um, that's also transformed into how we show up with all of the like extra things that we do in our business is making sure that our footprint is as minimal and as small as a grain of sand. So that's kind of where the name came from. Um, the concept behind the brand is my partner and I were in Sri Lanka in 2018 and we're doing a surf trip. Um, the surf was far too big for me, so I spent most of the time just cruising <laughs> on the beach, walking yeah. back. Um, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just absolutely heartbroken by the amount of single-use items I was finding on this beach that literally took us like an eight hour car drive and a five hour tuk tuk out to this like remote beach. We hadn't seen people for hours. And I was finding toothbrushes, makeup wipes, plastic bottles, so wow. many items that was, it was just so confronting. And I, I didn't really have anything with me 
at the time. So I was just kind of collecting it, bringing it back to our towel. Um, and I ended up with this huge pile of single-use consumerism. And the tuk-tuk driver was like, what are you doing? Like, what's, what are you going to yeah. do with it? Yeah. I was like, oh, can you please take it back and, like, recycle it? And he was like, oh, no, 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 we just burn it on the street. And oh, my God. I, yeah, for me at the time, like I've done a lot of traveling, but I'd never seen that. And I'd never seen toothbrushes and makeup wipes. I'm sorry, if you can hear a rain, it is absolutely pouring down. Um, it's okay. We can, I can hear you great. It, it, it's raining uh, here too. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of came home with this mission to... In our personal lives, it was never an idea of a business at the beginning. We just wanted to really mm. refine what we were purchasing and our footprint as a couple and as a home. So we started to swap out, like, obviously, coffee cups, like, so many simple items. And I think for anyone out there that is trying to do that switch, it's really important to just have one goal a week. I think when we came home, I was like, oh, I'm going to get rid of everything. And it was so overwhelming and expensive. Yeah. And then I kind of went off the bandwagon because it seemed all too hard. And then I just decided like each week or each time I run out of something, instead of buying a plastic toothbrush, I'll buy a bamboo one. And I just started to slowly change what we were purchasing each time I ran out. And I found that a really achievable goal instead of mm. you know, having to go buy a hundred jars and go to the health food store and spend a fortune, which you know, it's exciting, but it's not really attainable for the longevity. No. No. Um, so I, it, before, yeah. before you go on, before you tell more, I just want to, can we go back to that beach for a second? Because I think, I think we need to just dive into it a little bit more because, you know, not everybody has the luxury of that sort of travel where you can go and have those experiences. And it's, and luxury is the wrong word because the way you would have felt would have been utterly appalled. But can we talk about that? Like when you're sitting there on the beach and you're surrounded by all this garbage in the most remote place possible and your partner's surfing, like what was going through your head? Like how did you feel? Did you like, because it's quite a helpless experience yeah. where you're like looking around and you're like, but what do I, you know, I want to do something, <laughs> you know? Can you tell us a little bit more about that that time? Yeah, for me, I think I went for a walk and I thought like the first item I saw was a toothbrush. And I was like, wow, like that's so crazy that that would have had to come up through the ocean. That didn't come from the town down. So that's been floating around in the ocean. And we were like at the, you know, the bottom of Sri Lanka, there's not an island just there. Like it would have been in the ocean for a long period of time to, to the sand. And I think I just remember like having this train of thought as to like what country is just there, like where has this come from? Yeah. Um, and then as I, yeah, continued to walk and see the plastic, for me, I just had this, I grew up in Port Douglas, which is like right near the Great Barrier Reef. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I just thought I cannot imagine diving the reef and seeing a toothbrush like I yeah. can't I feel like maybe we're quite lucky in that part of Australia we're very educated we have um a lot of you know like clean up Australia day we have a lot of initiative to help us think better mm -hmm. and do 
do better. But in those third world countries, there's not so much information and education around, you know, where, where do we put our plastic bottles? There's no recycling program there. So, of course, it ends up just in the street or in a waterway or on the beach. And I think for me, that was like the most heartbreaking thing was that they don't have the education to know how to do better for the planet. This is the best that they can do. They don't have anywhere to put it or to recycle it. Um, I think that was like the hardest thing. To be honest, if we're going to go into that, I mean, that's more of a political thing, right? It's not actually about um, the means of education, rather it's the financial capability. So I'm sure you know now, but in Australia, most recycling plants and most of the garbage facilities are private owned companies. So really it comes down to your local council, the governments, the funding, or the company itself. So if we're talking about federal countries, it's actually rather a a political issue. But what's so significant about this conversation is that it took it to essentially slap you in the face to change your thinking. Because at the end of the day, sustainability should be first nature thought and wastefulness should be second nature thought because that's how we started as humanity. We were never a wasteful world. It only happened after the plastic revolution of mass production, and then it became first nature (laughs) or second nature, whatever the expression is. Um, Mm. And it's just, that's what I want to touch on. It's like, why do we have to be slapped in the face to start making better choices? And then it comes down to the beautiful, like, fact that you then took action like you and your partner said okay let's go do something let's go solve a problem let's go create a solution and then let's be responsible because that's the way you have control right you actually are the mechanism and the body in responsibility to make those choices in how you produce your products um so i loved learning that you take that really seriously your shipping your production your purchasing cycles like There's so much I want to talk to you about with that. Um, But before we go into it, actually tell us what products you create and the beautiful brand, because I think the products are phenomenal. Yeah. So when we launched after coming home from Sri Lanka, we obviously overhauled lots of things in our house and it was really (laughs) easy the kitchen and like those everyday items. But then I started to look at like my shampoo and what I was putting topically on my skin. And I started to learn about how quickly our skin absorbs the chemicals that we put on our skin. And I just felt like this light bulb moment. I've always been very passionate about making things from scratch because of the way that I've been brought up in an Italian household. Um, (laughs) Right on. (laughs) I love it. The containers and just thinking like, this is slowly killing me. Like the stuff in here is not only like washing down into the waterways and hurting animals, but this is like going on my skin and going inside of my body. So we started to obviously look and research for better items. And I came across the cognac sponge, which is a Japanese root vegetable and a traditional beauty tool. And I incorporated it into my skincare routine. And at the time I had a little bit of hormonal acne from coming off the pill Mm. and thing that with water and no other products fully cleared my skin and made me feel so confident and I just felt like you know when you have feel like you have a film on your skin sometimes I felt like that film was gone and I could truly see like what my skin was like 
And I started yeah. just giving to friends. And then I just remember looking at Dave one day and being like, this is what I want to do. I want to help educate people. Because I think, you know, three years ago, there's a lot of sustainable brands, but they're either not that aesthetic. So younger people like myself might not want to choose that product because it doesn't look good in their bathroom or it's not cool and it's not hip. And I just wanted to be able to educate girls in my kind of demographic to be able to say, this is going to change your skin, change the planet, and it can look good while you're doing it. So we went with obviously matte black packaging for two reasons. One, it's unisex and looks amazing. But two, having black packaging for your skincare actually helps to stop the UV from sending the skincare off. So I think a big key thing to anything that we do is we always have this like deep level of understanding of like what's the best thing that we can possibly put together to give the product and the customer experience the best option. So mm. yeah, we have sustainable tools that only required water and then in like three months we completely sold out and I felt like we obviously were doing the right thing. I felt like the way that we were talking about sustainability was very different. Um, mm. And especially to that younger demographic too. Like I think that, you know, girls in their early twenties don't particularly understand what the life cycle of, you know, our skin is and like what choices we make today can end up doing things to our fertility and our hormones and I think we just wanted to create a really light-hearted educational way to be able to teach women and men about how to look after their skin and the planet better um in that time I started to study my diploma of cosmetic chemistry because I wanted to be able to make skincare that was completely sustainably sourced and didn't have a bunch of fillers and things that we don't need to cut costs and to make bigger volumes. Yeah, In that course, I found that there was no sustainable, you know, everything came from a chemical. And I learned lots about stabilization and formulation, mm -hmm. but I kind of walked away and felt like I would never mix those products and put them on someone's skin. So yeah, then I yeah. found like the Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic plant healing. And then I just, I feel like my intuition just helped me to bring together these two worlds of like science and full plant medicine to create what we have now. And that's sustainable skincare that, you know, from the plant that's been picked, it's sustainably sourced. We don't take more than we need to the facilities that we work with to help, you know, make our products at a bigger scale are hundred percent sustainable. They are award winning in that realm. And I just feel really empowered to be able to do that because, mm. you know, we can buy a clean cleanser and it's coming in plastic. It's got tons of fillers in it, but because the consumer might see the word clean, they're like, oh, I'm making a good switch. But it's just that deep level of education and understanding that we, we really spend a lot of time you know, educating our customers, doing things like this. Um, we're completely transparent with how we create products to the point where I take people behind the scenes when I formulate in our warehouse because I think it's so important for customers to understand, like, the process and where things come from because, you know, the more awareness and education we have, the better choices we can make. So, yeah, that's kind of how Sabia started. And, yeah, we'll be three 
this September, which is so wild to think. That's amazing. I mean, I am so like, so, so happy to hear all of these things. I mean, I'm, I'm such an advocate for this. And I think everything you've said, I couldn't have said better. It, it all like what you're doing as a brand, being responsible, educating and explaining is the solution to everything. Because I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the past speaker series episodes that I've done, but the topic and the conversation that comes up again and again is that conscious consumerism. It's the ability for that moment of thought to occur prior to a purchase. And what people need to understand is that they vote with their dollar. Every yes. time and money on a small business, on a medium business, on a large business, you are putting a little green light on go to say, I approve for this to continue. And yeah. that is so powerful. It is so, so powerful from a collective perspective that brands like yourself, who like I'm obsessed with Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese herbal medicine. I think it's so much more powerful than any westernized medicine of any pills of any you know drugs and all of that stuff i think that the impact that it has on the body is so much more powerful from such a natural space you're going to get those results like if you're putting it in your skincare it's going to work it's it's remarkable and you know that's why i'm just adoring what you're creating because it's so authentic so you know the more you can preach the more you can talk about it the more you can educate your consumers the more collective people are going to learn about it and make better choices. So I think it's extraordinary what you're doing. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan. And, and I think, you know, I can't wait to see what you guys do next, really. I think three years is nothing, you know, time flies and there's so much opportunity <laughs> to create so many amazing things. Um, but talk us through, because I found that really inspiring. Soul works on a very similar basis to you in terms of sustainability isn't just about can it be recycled? Can it be, is it biodegradable? You know, is it stopping single use? There's such a bigger picture here, right? There's how things get manufactured, how things get sourced. It's how you're shipping, how you're purchasing production cycles. Um, and you spoke a little bit about that in the blog that we we asked you to to write for us. So if you're happy to share, I think I think the audience would love to hear a bit more. Yeah, so for us, I guess, like, we started out with that initial brand concept. And, you know, it's so funny. I have these photos on my phone from, like, obviously first purchases, like, trying to figure out how we were going to do things. And yeah. I remember to my partner, let's put all the tools in a canvas bag so that people have something to travel with. And I remember yeah. putting personal Instagram like you know I'm just working on some concepts what do you think of a silicon bag because then it would be waterproof or a canvas bag um because then it would be better you know for the environment in the long run and yeah. I remember that in the conversations I started to have with my friends and just you know there's such a surface level understanding of of what sustainability means and I think it just made me want to delve so deep like we had the the product idea kind of ready to go for a year before we launched but i just felt like i didn't have that deep understanding of if we're launching as a sustainable brand we're not just selling sustainable products we need to understand the relationships with our overseas manufacturers we need to understand you know the bag that we 
we're going to put it in, like how long does that take to biodegrade? Are we using the best materials? Is the postage service that we're using, like what's their output? Because mm. that's the concept as when someone shops with you, they are putting their money behind what you are doing. And in the end, that does, you know, that's our choice. And for me, I felt like we really needed to refine every single aspect of what we were doing to ensure that, you know, one of our core values is sustainability. I can't put my hand up and say that I run a sustainable business if I'm putting my packaging into plastic bags. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know what? I got an EDM a couple of days ago of a brand, um, and it was for Earth Day, and they had put this big banner on, you know, like, this is why we're sustainable, and choose us because we're sustainable for Earth Day. And I, like, I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to name the brand. It's, it's not, there's no point. But it was the most unsustainable. Pro the whole thing was made of plastic. Like the entire product was just one big plastic thing. And like, I, it had no claim to sustainability in any essence. Like, you know, they used traditional bubble wrap. It was yeah. a plastic product. Yeah, like just the, the whole thing was just like big greenwashing. And I'm just like, who approved this? Like who said you can send that EDM and think that that's okay. And it's, and that's, it wasn't like consumers yeah. might, might see it and be like, Oh, I'm making the right choice, but yeah. they're not looking that deep. You know, we're not perfect and we're a hundred percent transparent about that. Our pump tops are still plastic because every other material that we use just doesn't work. And functionality of our products is extremely important. So we incorporated a recycling program to say, it's not single use, you know, or you can refill your skincare at home to ensure that that plastic pump top is staying with the customer for life or it's coming back to us to be recycled and upcycled. And we are very transparent about that. You know, unfortunately, there are certain aspects of every single business that still, you know, manufacturing isn't keeping up with what our goals are to achieve. Like there's no one out there making sustainable, sustainably sourced pumps yet. So as we wait for manufacturers to catch up and understand the needs of businesses and also as a small business, like I can't afford to go get a million custom pumps made. Like we're a small business. And that's also like one of the hardest things that I've found is as we grow and our goals grow, it's sometimes it's unachievable with the budget of a bootstrapped small business. And you have to either put your hand on your heart and be honest with your customers and say, this is what we're offering right now. This is what we want to do, but this is what we can do right now. And I think that's why we've created such an incredible community because Dave and I hop on and we always do product development research with our customers. We bought out a silicon facial cup because it's an incredible Chinese medicine facial tool, but it was silicon. And I had to educate our customers and have that conversation to see do we think it's okay as us as a sustainable brand to bring out this product? And we came to the verdict that it's a phenomenal product and it will stay with you for life if you look after it. So yes, we're going to bring it out. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's where some brands make mistakes and they try and hide it instead of just being completely transparent and saying, you know, no one's perfect. We're still learning. Everyone is making mistakes every single day. But when you can show up, 100% authentic and say how you're going to do better and be better and what your goals are and what you can achieve right now. I think that's when 
we create these really beautiful brand relationships and we help, you know, like you and I now, our customers are both like sharing the same mission. We would be talking to the exact same group of people about the same thing, but offering different kind of solutions. And it helps to build this bridge of like a better planet because we're all working together instead of feeling like we're in competition and we have to hide our mistakes to look better than this brand. And I think, yeah, it's so important, like especially this series. I love listening to all the other people that you have on because it is, it's just so incredible to see. I think it's definitely a new thing to see businesses working together to help promote the greater good instead of feeling like, oh, we're doing this and we're going to try to be better than everyone else, even though, you know, we would never sell coffee cups and water bottles because it's, you know, it's not my realm. Like skincare is my realm and I'd rather showcase businesses that do an epic job. I think, um, I think you've touched on so many valid points and I, I, to, to sort of reiterate a few things that I really love that you said is number one, as a small business, no one's perfect. Small, medium, large, no one's perfect. We must acknowledge this wholeheartedly. However, the benefit of being a small business is that you're agile and you have the ability to move. You have the ability to make decisions quickly and make things happen really quickly because at the end of the day, it's you asking yourself like, hey boss, can I do this? <laughs> um, and when you're so in touch with your community and your audience, and you're open and you're listening, that's when remarkable things happen because that direct consumer feedback is what's going to get you, you know, being that incredible brand for the next five decades. It's going to keep you around because you're listening to your audience and you're meeting their needs and you're solving their problems with an open mind and in, in an authentic way. Um, however, as you mentioned, in terms of the manufacturers not providing us with what we need, what you can do is talk to them. So having this intention in mind of, I want a better option for a plastic pump. I want a smarter, innovative option. If you have relationships with your manufacturers and you bring them into the journey with you, you commit to them, we're here with you for life, we're a loyal customer, we're not going anywhere, work with us. They are the experts. They know what they're doing and they will source what you need. And sometimes you don't need to be that person ordering a million or 10,000 or 20,000 if you're innovative in product development with the relationship that you're building. I've been on that journey for, you know, seven years now with Sol where our relationship with our manufacturers are like family, you know. I've seen their kids grow up. We've had many, many dinners together <laughs> offshore. We've, you know, we've had a lot of time together and they know how committed we are to them and vice versa. So when we need solutions, they go out of their way to support us. And you don't have to be that big company to make changes like that. You just have to be proactive. So I think, you know, it's, it's really inspiring what you're doing and being so open and authentic because in the skincare industry, that plastic pump is the biggest issue of all. Yes. So it's a, it's a big one to talk about and there has to be in the end something that we can produce but it's going to take that thought leader that proactive activist and pusher of ideas to actually make that happen and and I think you know you guys are, are definitely on your way to to being that that person so um yeah and, and it's these conversations that make it happen it's like you said no one's in competition we are all here for the planet I don't care what product you produce I don't care what brand you have 
if your vision and mission is to be sustainable and to create solutions and to actually leave the world in a better place, then we all got to talk. <laughs> we all need to be sharing stories and learning yeah. from each other and teaching each other because that's how the good stuff happens. There's room for everyone. You know what? Even if you start selling cups, I'm still going to be your number one advocate because <laughs> we're all in this together, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what's so important. I remember we have a podcast of our own um, and I interviewed Nita from Hero Packaging and I remember having that conversation with her. Like she, she couldn't find what she wanted and she went to the manufacturer and she had that conversation and you know, it, it is so important. And we have those conversations all the time. Like, I feel like every time that we get a shipment of products, I go through it with a fine tooth comb and I'm like, what could be better next time? Mm. And I'm very open and transparent about that with our manufacturers. And they're always like sending us random parcels of things that they've <laughs> like, I don't know if you want this. I'm like, maybe that could work. Like, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the fun part. And, you know, it, it's all about it's it's funny like when we talk about e-commerce brands right a big part of the consumer experience is physically receiving the parcel um and brands make such a big deal of having it look elite premium beautiful glossy gorgeous perfect but how does that connect to the mission right so if you if you look at what we do with salt on a global level we've got warehousing all over the world we actually have no sole branded packaging. You're not going to get tissue paper. You're not going to get like anything gorgeous, fancy sole vibes. You're going to get an old used cardboard box from the warehouse from another brand. They stuck yeah. like cut up and reshaped with like the sole stuff inside. And it's like stuffed with like old newspaper or old cardboard boxes sort of cut up. Everything's recyclable and reused. Um, and it's this like circular sort of concept of I'm not buying boxes to ship stuff in when the warehouse have this abundance of boxes they were going to throw out. So yeah. it's safe, it's economical, it's sustainable, it's secular, it can be recycled. Um, it's not pretty, <laughs> um, but that's what the cup is for. The cup is pretty and it speaks for itself or the bottle is beautiful and it speaks for itself. So I, yeah. I really love that story, the hero packaging, where there are solutions for that, but then you can also do it the other way and, and sort of, you know, be quite down to earth with it. Yeah, I remember actually like when we first started doing wholesale, I was like so concerned and consumed by like what will their experience be when they get their first order like I really want to impress them because like wholesale is a big deal and I went out and bought these like beautiful cardboard boxes and I was like dickhead like what are you doing money and it's not on brand and now like sometimes my partner will come in to help me pack and he'll be like are you really sending that I'm like yeah that's it's Savia. Like, what are they? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, love that. I love that. Well, um, if we can sort of wrap this delicious, gorgeous conversation into one little ball, because with, with the way your brand operates, with the products you're producing, like, there's so much more we could go into. They're the most amazing things out there. If you've not used them, seen them, purchased them, go do that right now. <laughs> but if you can leave the audience with a little bit of advice or just like that one sort of 
thing that stuck with you or inspired you that you can sort of put onto others that hopefully they'll walk away learning something? How would you wrap it up for us? I think is number one is start small. Like don't try to, you know, one day we wake up and we feel this pull inside of us that we want to do better. Um, and I think that then we can, you know, want to overhaul everything and it seems very achievable and we give up. I think if you can make small steps every single day to overhaul, you know, what, where you're putting your money, like where you're choosing to invest, investing in small business is so important because we are the people who are changing the world. I don't think that there's big skincare companies out there that are concerned about what pump, they, pump they're using and what their refillable solutions are. You know, it's the small innovative brands that are, you know, founder-led that are really doing the work to make yeah. a big difference. And I think that educating yourself and making those small changes every single day, purchasing refillable products where you can is a game changer. I can't believe the overhaul of my whole house now. Like every time I like look at something, I'm like, yes, like it just feels like <laughs> such a big win to know that I've got this one bottle forever. And I, you, I feel like you take more care of your things too. Like, We've come from, you know, my parents who might not have had many things. They took so much care of the things that they had. But in recent years, we're just so fast paced that we don't care for our, you know, the things, our possessions. And I feel like coming back to that one bottle for life, you know, whether it's your cleaning product, your coffee cup, your water bottle, you take more care because you know that you have it for life. You've invested a little bit more than a plastic bottle because it is more expensive, but you're going to have it for life. And it, I think it creates better values of how we look at everything in our life when we take that, you know, responsibility to invest and take care of the things that we have. So, yeah, start small, look for reusable and try and support small businesses where you can. I think that's so beautiful. And a big point in all of that is also be responsible for your choices. You said yeah. that so perfectly like that stays with me I think that again back to conscious consumerism stop walking into that store blindly look away from your phone look up at what you're purchasing and actually use your brains and think about things and make the right choices because they exist we exist yeah. brown exist and we love doing everything we can to learn so Oh, what an absolute breath of fresh air. I just love what you're all about. I love this brand. I love what you're creating. And I'm just so excited to see what happens next. And, and I'm an advocate and I'm a fan for life. And I really hope we can keep working together and keep learning from each other. Yeah, 100%. When the podcast is back up and running next year, I definitely have to have you on because it's such a fun way to delve into, you know, we, we always are supporting other brands out there doing epic stuff, whether it be with self-love, body image, sustainability. It's such a cool place. And I'd definitely love to delve more into soul as well. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Katie. I hope you have the most beautiful day and to your partner as well. Um, keep doing it. Keep making this magical stuff happen. I'm, I'm just in, in awe. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.